to share in communion and offering meditation this morning, and it kind of came down to I was going to be the last resort, and so this morning you get me. And as I was thinking through uh, kind of what I would like to share as far as a meditation goes, uh, I, I came up with a, 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 a memory in my own mind of a previous meditation that someone shared, and and so as Tommy mentioned, if, if you are at home with us, joining us online, thank you for being here. If you want to grab some crackers or juice, something that you might use this morning as we come together and have communion together. It's a memory of a communion meditation by an individual from the Central Church of Christ. And I know many of you from Central are joining us online here this morning. So a shout out to Central this morning. And again, uh, it's... It's one of those things where, uh, if, if you remember this, awesome, and, uh, and I, I tried to find, find out for sure if I could share this, this meditation, uh, but uh, the individual uh, never responded back to me early this morning, so I'm going to share it uh, without any names. But uh, a friend from Central was preparing to, to put a meditation together for communion, and, and he was kind of having a hard time getting things organized, and, and so he, he went to the internet, and he Googled meditation, uh, communion, or meditation, and, and as he was typing it in, uh, he noticed the results came back different than he thought they would, because as he noticed, he, he had not typed in meditation, but he had typed in medication, and so he's like, medication, oh, and, and so he kind of decided to go with it a little bit, and so he looked at the definition of medication listed there online, and, and it says, uh, Medicine or drug uh, used to diagnose, cure, treat, or prevent disease. And as he continued to share this meditation uh, that Sunday morning, he brought out this idea that I want to share with us this morning as well. And it's this idea as we come in meditation before God as the family, as we share in this meal, in this remembrance I pray that it is, in a lot of ways, medication for us, that it helps us diagnose and, and helps us when it comes to cure and treating and preventing disease. And when we're thinking about this idea of disease, this idea of sin in our life, and, and it's that it, it's exactly what Jesus wants to do in our lives. We come during this time to evaluate where we are in our relationship with Jesus. And we remember that it is only through him and his sacrifice and the cure that comes through the blood that was spilt on our behalf that helps to begin to diagnose the sin in our lives. That it helps to cure and to treat and prevent that sin in our lives. And so as we gather each and every week, and remember the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf, may we take the time to allow the great physician to address the sin in our lives in order that we might be right with God this morning. Will you pray with me? Father, we are grateful for the many blessings that you pour out on us, and as we come together this morning, each and every week, taking the time to share in a meal, something that you set up for us to always remember what your son did for us on the cross. I pray that we would make the most of this time 
that we would diagnose what's going on in, in our hearts and our minds, that we would allow for your Holy Spirit to convict and to help prevent disease, sin in our lives, that there would be, we would understand that there is a cure for sin in our life, and that is the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross. As we partake in the emblems this morning, may we remember that. And it's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. As we come to a time of communion, excuse me, offering, and uh, we think about giving to God, uh, man, it's amazing the technology we have these days. You can, of course, give online or text to give, or you can mail it in, or you can bring it uh, by the church office um, after this blizzard of 2021 is over. And, and I'm just praising God for the generosity of this congregation. Back in November, I think it was, or before November, it was October, I, I gave this congregation a, a two-month tithe challenge and it was amazing to see the response and, and to hear you know how God continues to provide for many of the the members here at, at PV and where God is working in their lives and and this church really hasn't skipped a beat when it's come to providing for people that come in and are in need whether it be through a food pantry or being able to to financially help different individuals out and so I'm just praising God for the generosity of this congregation as we move forward as a church 
And as, as I pray for the future of this congregation, and I think about my part, and I think about your part, and the, play, the part that you play in seeing the kingdom advance through this congregation, I, I really believe that God is going to use the generosity of this congregation to do some amazing things for the kingdom of God in our area. And yet it's so easy for us at times to think that, you know, our money is our own money. You know, a lot of us are kind of gearing up maybe for some stimulus money to come. And we think, well, that's our money. That's what we're going to use to do what we want to do with that. And, and we have this mentality that it's ours. We've earned it. It's, it's something that we can decide what we're going to do. And it, you're right. God allows for us to decide what we want to do with what he has blessed us with. And it reminds me of the story of the little boy and his mom one Sunday morning. Timmy didn't want to put his money in the offering plate Sunday morning. So his mother decided to use some hurried, creative reasoning with him. You don't want that money, honey, she whispered in his ear. Quick, drop it in the plate. It's tainted. Horrified, the little boy obeyed. And after a few seconds, he whispered, but mommy, why is the money tainted? Was it dirty? Oh no, dear, she replied. It's not really dirty. It just taint yours. It taint mine, she replied. It's God's. And as you give back to God today, may we always remember from James 1 verse 17 that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And because that is true, may we give back with a joyful heart this morning. Will you pray with me? So God, once again, we're so grateful for the way that you continually provide for this congregation, for those that are outside that we're trying to reach out to, that we can help support missions around the world, and Father, through the, the Christian school, and, and through just individuals that, that need, at times, your love shown to them through a, a physical way. So God, I thank you for the generosity of this congregation, and the way they continue to give in ways that are far above and beyond even at times what you've called them to give and and so may we continue to give with a joyful heart and may you be glorified through it it's the name of jesus i pray amen Well, this is, almost feels a little bit uh, like deja vu uh, we are discussing here this morning because uh, almost about a year ago next week will have been the first time that we, or 
as far as I know, we ever streamed online uh, here at PV. And so it's a little bit of deja vu coming in. Very few people here. Uh, a little bit uh, different feel in, in the sanctuary here. But we know a lot of you are, are home safe online. We really appreciate that. And, and it's just an interesting year that we've had. Uh, again, next week, the 22nd, uh, not next week, next week's the 21st, but a year ago, next week, uh, the 22nd of March 2020 was the first time we began to stream and, and just had very few people here to make that happen. So I just want to say a huge thank you for those who decided to brave the weather. It's like a blizzard outside, uh, whether you're here in Casper or in other parts uh, in our area, the, the region is being hit by snow hard, and so it was a little pretty crazy getting here, as Tommy mentioned, uh, they dig the drummer out. Uh, because of his amazing driving skills, and uh, and so a huge thank you to those who took the time to, to come out into the weather to make this happen this morning, praising God that the electricity is still on. I know a lot of people in the Casper area are without electricity right now, and and so uh, praise God for the snow removal that has been taking place over the last few days and, and all the different times that we've needed snow removal. I really appreciate the crew that comes in early a lot of times, very early to get snow uh, moved off the parking lot here at the church and the school. So thank you so very much for that. And, and I just want to say thank you to those who were able to be a part of our services last week. Man, it was a, a joy to come together. It's crazy. One week to the next here in Wyoming, uh, we had over 200 people in services, almost 250 in services between our services last week. And, and I know it's not about the numbers, but those numbers represent people. Those re numbers represent souls. Those numbers represent the body of Christ coming together. And so I just want to encourage us that, uh, that we continue to move forward as the church and see God's kingdom grow in this area. And that's why we're praying for 21 baptisms, praising God that uh, Matt Belcazar uh, made a decision to be baptized last week. We we're actually going to have another one today, um, but the individual wasn't able to make it in because the roads are closed. And, and yet, I just want to encourage us by saying that God is, is at work. There's some neat things going on here at the church, and it's not because of, of me or any other individual, any other human, but it's because of what God is doing through us as a congregation. So continue to grow, continue to mature, continue to be unified as the body as we move forward and make a difference here in our area and around the world. And so we've been going through 2 Peter. And we're almost to the end of our sermon series called Remember the Way. And uh, next week actually will be our final week on that. And so uh, Paul Marvel will be here and he'll be sharing with us from the last section here in chapter 3 of 2 Peter. And we're gonna, I'm going to be going through 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 10 through 13. And so if you are able this morning and you are here in the building or you want to stand even at home as we uh, give honor and glory to God by standing in his presence from the reading of his word, if you will stand with me this morning, we're going to be in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 13. And Peter writes, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar and the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise... 
we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. Will you pray with me this morning? God, we are humbled to gather in your presence. We are in awe of your greatness by even just looking outside at the storm that has come. And you are greater than that storm. And yet that storm, you know, has shut a lot of things down. It, it keeps us from moving around. It, it, it hinders us from doing the things that we're used to doing. And yet that's just a tiny, minute expression of the power that you have, God. You are holy, you are majestic, you are worthy of our praise, and so we come together acknowledging your greatness in our lives, wherever we're at this morning. May we honor you as we focus on you, as we hear from your word, as we desire for your Holy Spirit to work among us. May you be glorified. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, getting dressed in my home with eight kids, it's, a, it's, you know, it's an interesting situation. As we try to get dressed for different occasions, it's a process in our house. And our older kids, you know, my 18-year-old and, and my uh, 16-year-old, well, she's not quite 16 yet. Uh, but, uh, you know, the older kids, they do pretty good for the most part getting themselves dressed when it comes to dressing for an occasion. But when it comes to the little kids, I would just have to say that my wife is a saint when it comes to making choices and getting clothes lined up because especially like on a Sunday morning, I'm already here at the building before she can come with the kids and, and it's amazing. They, they always come fully dressed on Sunday mornings. It's a praise the Lord. And, and Brady is our 10-year-old boy that is notorious for wanting to wear sweatpants, a t-shirt, that may or may not match his sweatpants and his favorite pair of tennis shoes. And for him, it doesn't matter what the occasion is. That is what he wants to be dressed in. And this morning, the title of the message is Dress for the Occasion. Dress for the Occasion. And, and again, for Brady, if we're getting ready for church, again, his go-to is sweatpants, t-shirt, and his favorite pair of tennis shoes. If we're getting ready to go to a wedding... You know, a nice dress-up, formal kind of event. Dress pants, or sweatpants, t-shirt, favorite shoes. is oftentimes what he puts on if nobody's watching, all right? If, if nobody is saying, hey, Brady, this is what you're wearing, he's, all right, yeah. Are you ready, Brady? Yeah. No, you still have your sweatpants on. I know. You know, he's, he's ready. That's him getting ready for the occasion. And growing up, you know, when the weather really got warm outside in the springtime, and you've been inside and cold all winter long, and, and I just remember I, my siblings and I, we just wanted to wear shorts to school. And, and yet my parents said that we couldn't go to school wearing shorts until it was 80 degrees out before we left for school in the morning at like 7 or 7.30 in the morning. And so rarely did we get to wear shorts to school. And the reason that they had this rule was because that they felt that a person dresses for the occasion. When do you usually wear shorts? Well, it's when you're, wear, you know, you're out playing or you have some sort of athletic -y competition that you're part of. You're wearing shorts maybe for a gentleman, swim trunks to the pool, that sort of thing. It's when you go out and you play. And so for my parents... They didn't want us to wear shorts to school because they didn't want us thinking that we were going to school to play. They wanted us to go to school to learn, you know. And as humans, we can't 
get around the fact that we have to dress for the occasion. You know, when, when Gabe Webb goes into uh, his work as a Casper police officer, he has to dress for the occasion, okay? With everything that goes with the uniform. We have to remind ourselves, and, and we have to oftentimes remind Brady of the fact that we have to dress for the occasion. And Peter wants to remind us that we need to dress for the occasion as well. And so what is the occasion as we look into these verses from chapter 3, 10 through 13? Well, it's the occasion that this world is going to burn up someday. It's going to be no more. And we're going to stand before our maker. And the question again for all of us today is, are we dressed for the occasion? And if you look at verse 10, Peter reminds us that there will be a day of the Lord. It says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. And if, you're to, if you were to turn to Isaiah chapter 13, verses 6 through 9, there's a prophecy about the day of the Lord. Isaiah writes, Wail, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come like destruction from the Almighty. Because of this, all hands will go limp. Every heart will melt with fear. Terror will seize them. Pain and anguish, anguish will grip them. They will writhe like a woman in labor. They will look aghast at each other, their faces aflame. See, the day of the Lord is coming, a cruel day with wrath and fierce anger to make the land desolate and destroy the sinners within it. And as we read that prophecy, for those outside of Jesus Christ, for those who are not in relationship with Jesus, the day of the Lord can be a scary day. And as Isaac touched on last week, God doesn't want anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. And so God is being patient, and the day of the Lord has not yet come. But the reality is, is that there will come a time when the day of the Lord comes. And it's going to be like a thief in the night, it says. Again, verse 10, for the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And the thing with a thief is that, you know, if the thief kind of gave you a heads up, that he was coming, like sent you a text message or an email or, you know, sent a letter in the mail, something to that sort of thing, that he was going to come, let's say, you know, next week, the 21st, everything would be all right, wouldn't it? You'd be prepared. You'd be ready. It would really be helpful if those thieves would, you know, let you know that they're coming so you could make sure to set that extra deadbolt that you maybe could hire some security for that time when they were going to show up, hire a guard, but... That's not necessarily the case, is it? The fact is, is that thieves come unexpectedly. And that's what Peter is saying here. That's what Jesus taught about his second coming in Matthew 24. He'll come at an unexpected time. You see, people will be going about their business when Christ returns. The world will be living that day like the ones before, and it's the normalcy of life. That is one of the greatest threats to our Christian mindset. Because for many people, each day seems pretty ho-hum. 
because we've had so many tomorrows, we automatically assume that we will also have the next tomorrow. And in the day-to-day routine, it's very easy for us to slip into this just-going-through-life mentality. Another thing that I think that can really trip us up is that we begin to try to dive into Scripture and try to figure out exactly when Jesus is going to come back. And we look at the different signs and the different prophecies and we think, well, if this has to take place first and then this is going to happen. And if we can see this going on, but we probably have some time because this hasn't happened yet. And so we have this big idea of when things are going to take place and we begin to lose the urgency to be ready for Christ's return. Because we think we have time based off of what we think Scripture is trying to teach us when it comes to the end times. But that isn't how Jesus talks. That's how, didn't how, that wasn't how he talked then. It's not how the apostles talked. And this, it isn't how I understand these verses when I read them. It says he's going to come like a thief. And in all reality, today could be the day when Jesus returns on the clouds. None of us know. We've been praying for safety getting here. We're going to pray for safety going home. We don't know if Jesus is going to show up at the end of today. We don't know how long we have on this world. So we must be living our lives in a way that we are ready for that day. And so again, the question is, are you dressed for the occasion? We have some home videos of our kids wearing swimsuits out in the snow in the middle of winter in our backyard. And you might be thinking, what kind of parents are, are these? I mean, who lets them have eight kids and then lets their kids go out in, in the snow wearing swimsuits? Well, the part that I didn't tell you yet was that we used to have a hot tub in our backyard. They were actually dressed properly for the occasion. They had their swimsuits on to go out in the hot tub, and yes, it was snowing, it was winter, but they were in the hot tub. And once again, the question for you this morning is, are you dressed and ready for the day of the Lord, for when Jesus returns? So I would beg you, get dressed. And again, if you're taking notes this morning at home or here, uh, the the first thing that we're seeing from these verses is there will be a day of the Lord. And the second thing is, is that we need to get dressed. And maybe you're thinking, well, how am I supposed to be dressed? What what does that look like? And if we look at verses 11 and 12 here in chapter 3 of 2 Peter, it says, Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? What, What should you be dressed in? What should you look like? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. And thinking about getting dressed reminds me of the parable from Matthew chapter 22, verses 2 through 14, that we went through this past summer. Matthew 22, 2 through 14, if you want to turn over there with me, I'll be reading from the NIV. It says, Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. 
Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners, invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But this is what I want us to to key in on here this morning. Verse 11. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. And once again, this word chosen, meaning that few obtain salvation through Christ because they don't choose to make Jesus the Lord of their life. God chooses all of us. But not everyone chooses God. And the Strong's Concordance says typically with this, this word eklektos, eklekt, I'm really good at Greek. I did take Greek, but it was a long time ago. It means select or chosen. And it describes people who choose to follow the Lord. And if we are to keep from being thrown out into the darkness, as this parable describes, we are challenged from these verses to get dressed in holiness and godliness. And I think about this idea, well, why do so many of us hate to get dressed for the occasion? I mean, even as an adult, I can see where Brady's coming from, you know? I think it's because for a lot of us, it's easier, it's more comfortable to stay in our sweats all day long, isn't it? That's what, you know, in a lot of ways we've been loving you know, our, this past year and, and days like this, we, we welcome days like this because it's, it's lots more enjoyable at times to just stay home, to be comfortable in our sweats, stay in our PJs all day long. And, and people don't want to live holy and godly lives because that would require some effort. To dress for the occasion requires some effort. It, it requires some change. That change would require husbands to really selflessly love their wives. You know, if we're really going to dress for the occasion, that would require wives to truly respect their husbands. That would require children to honor their father and mother. That would require those who live together to be married. That would require those looking at inappropriate things on their computer, tablets, phones to repent and change. That would require those gossiping or lying or cheating or stealing or whatever sin that you might struggle with this morning in your life to give that over to God and to allow the Holy Spirit to come and and help you get rid of that in your life. You see, getting dressed for the occasion requires us 
to get out of what is comfortable and make the effort to get into something that make us that might make us a little uncomfortable. And we've discussed the idea behind being holy, which is to be set apart. It means to be different. And we are to be in the world, but not of the world. And again, we go back to 1 Peter, and, and 2 Peter is a remembering of what he's already shared with us in 1 Peter. And, and it's this idea that we're to be different. We are to think differently than the world. We are to act differently. We are to talk differently. So I wonder for us this morning, as the body of Christ, can someone look at your life and know that you are different? That you are holy? Are we, are we dressing ourselves in holiness and godliness? And godliness, if you think about that as we, as we look at this verse again in, in 2 Peter 3, where it says you ought to live holy and godly lives. This idea of godliness is to have reverence for God and to have reverence for the things of God. And I wonder, are we truly revering God in our lives do we really see God as all-powerful, almighty, holy, majestic, all-knowing, loving, just, amazing creator that he is? Or we just think of him as some guy that we need to ask questions of once in a while? If we are not looking at God the way that we should be, then we're going to end up like the man from the parable that shows up to the wedding banquet, not dressed for the occasion. And so according to the parable, he's thrown into hell. I mean, that's what it means to be thrown out into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He's going to be thrown out into hell. And you know what blows my mind about this parable, and I'm sure I shared it before when we went through this parable. But it just blows my mind that these wedding clothes that he's supposed to have on are being offered to him as a free gift. I mean, how could the master, how could the king expect this guy to be wearing wedding clothes unless he's offering them freely to everyone who's coming to the banquet? All we have to do is put them on. I mean, it's so straightforward and yet we don't want to. We, we don't want to put those clothes on. They're, they're itchy, right? They're, they're, I don't know. They're, they're just not complete. They're not like my sweats. They're not like my favorite T-shirt because they take effort. And yet we're to be clothed in Christ as Galatians 3, 26 and 27 says. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ, Galatians 3, 26 and 27. We're clothing ourselves with Jesus Christ by being baptized, by being immersed into him where our faith comes together with God's grace. That's exactly what happened last week with Matt Balcazar. His faith came together with God's grace. And he was baptized into Christ, being clothed with Christ. He's ready. Matt's ready. Praise the Lord for the fact that someday everything's going to be burned up and something better will come. 
And that's what I want us to see here in verse 13. There's something better coming. Peter writes, verse 13 of chapter 3, But in keeping with his promise, talking about God, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. And that just reminded me of the passage in Revelation 21, 1 through 8. We oftentimes hear it at a funeral. But if you want to turn over with me to Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. There will be a hell, but there also will be a heaven. There's something better coming. And I'm encouraged, and, and I'm, you know lifted up and I'm challenged and I'm given purpose and meaning knowing that this world is not all that we have to look forward to. And yet many times we're so concerned about the things of this life, our retirements, you know, the the things when it comes to the physical. And I want us to remember that this world, again, according to to 1 Peter and, and what he wrote there is it's not our home. It's going to come to an end. And I don't know exactly what that all is going to look like, but the reality is from Scripture says that there's going to be something new coming, something that's going to be so much better. It reminds me of a story of a lady that I'm sure you've heard this many of times, but it really gets this point across. There was a young woman who had been diagnosed with a terminal illness and had been given three months to live. So as she was getting her things in order, she contacted her pastor and had him come to her house to discuss certain aspects of her final wishes. She told him which which song she wanted sung at the service and which scripture she wanted read and what outfit she wanted to be buried in. And everything was in order and the pastor was preparing to leave when the young woman suddenly remembered something very important to her. There's one more thing, she said excitedly. Well, what's, what's that, came the pastor's reply. 
This is very important, the young woman continued. I want to be buried with a fork in my right hand. And the pastor stood looking at the young woman, not knowing quite what to say. That surprises you, doesn't it? The young woman asked. Well, to be honest, I'm kind of puzzled with your request, said the pastor. And the young woman explained, my grandmother once told me the story, and from that time on, I have always tried to pass along its message to those I love and those who are in need of encouragement. In all my years of attending socials and dinners, I always remember that when the dishes of the main course were being cleared, someone would inevitably lean over and say, keep your fork. It was my favorite part because I knew that something better was coming. Like velvety chocolate cake or deep dish apple pie. Something wonderful and with substance. So I just want people to see me there in that casket with a fork in my hand. And I want them to wonder, what's with the fork? Then I want you to tell them, keep your fork the best is yet to come. And the pastor's eyes welled up with tears of joy as he hugged the young woman goodbye. He knew this would be one of the last times he would see her before her death. But he also knew that the young woman had a better grasp of heaven than he did. She had a better grasp of what heaven would be like than many people twice her age with twice as much experience and knowledge. She knew that something better was coming. And at the funeral, people were walking by the young woman's casket and they, they saw the cloak she was wearing and then the fork placed in her right hand. Over and over, the pastor heard the question, what's with the fork? And over and over, he smiled. During his message, the pastor told the people of the congregation the conversation he had with the young woman shortly before she died. He also told them about the fork and about what it symbolized to her. He told the people how he could not stop thinking about the fork and told them that they pro probably would not be able to stop thinking about it either. And he was right. And so the next time that you reach down for your fork, let it remind you ever so gently that the best is yet to come. And as Christians, we have hope that the best is yet to come. And if we're to be a part of what is yet to come, then we must be dressed for the occasion. Again, that verse 13, but in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. And as the praise team comes this morning, the question again is, are you ready are you ready for the day of the Lord? Because it's going to come like a thief in the night. And if you aren't dressed for the occasion, you're going to miss out on the very best of what Jesus is preparing for you. It's going to be beyond your wildest imagination. And the sad reality is that if you aren't ready for the day of the Lord and Jesus comes back today, then there's going to be consequences. There is a heaven and there is a hell. Where will you spend eternity? 
And my prayer is that every one of us would be dressed for the occasion, clothed with Christ, living holy and godly lives. And if you need to be clothed with Christ, as Galatians 3.27 says, by being baptized as you accept God's grace and forgiveness, then I would encourage you, if you're at home, to go online, pvcc.info. There's a card that respond, or you can reach out through a prayer request, or however you want to reach out. I would encourage you to spend time studying that out and seeking that out in your own life. And if you're here this morning and you need to make a decision for Jesus, we're going to sing a song of invitation. Would you please come as we stand? you pray with me father what a joy to know that someday we're going to spend eternity with you and at times we can get caught up in this world times we can get discouraged sometimes we get depressed sometimes there's things that don't go our way here on this earth and yet if we are in you, if we are in Christ, if we make you the Lord of our lives, if we allow the blood of Jesus to cover us, to wash our sins away, if we are willing to be immersed into you, to repent, to confess you as our Lord and Savior, to be clothed in Christ, God, we know from the promises in your word that we have something so much better to look forward to. There will be a day of the Lord. It's going to come like a thief. We don't know what, how much time we have on this earth. But I pray, Father, that every single one of us are dressed for the occasion. That we're ready to go. So I pray all this in the name of the Son, of your Son. The power that comes from the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. We have a lot of these bulletins out in the foyer this morning. <laughs> and if you were to have one of these, we've discussed having a digital uh, bulletin, so that might come about sooner than later. But uh, there's lots of things. I just want to just hit the highlights. Uh, we're needing your help. If you want to help donate plastic eggs or candy, we've already had a lot of that brought in. Uh, that'll be for the Easter extravaganza that happened on uh, April 3rd, the day right before uh, Easter morning. And again, um, I'm just making sure those are the exact dates. I'm pretty sure those are exact dates. Uh, Easter morning is the 4th of April, and so the Easter extravaganza will take place 
uh, on the day right before the third, that Saturday. And so it's for uh, two-year-olds through fifth grade. It'll be happening over at the Christian school. It'll be a fun day of just taking the opportunity to share with our kids what Easter really is all about. And so uh, if you are wanting to be a part of that, make sure you set that, uh, put that on your calendar. Uh, we do have softball signups. We need to get that taken care of sooner than later. So if you're interested, please get signed up. Uh, we've been promoting a new drama team that uh, will uh, play a part in the Easter extravaganza, and uh, we're supposed to have a meeting right after this service. That's probably not going to happen today, so we'll be trying to reschedule that, communicating with those who are interested in being a part of the drama team. Uh, the Thermopolis trip uh, has been rescheduled for this coming Saturday. Uh, I, I was told it might snow that day. I did check the schedule as of right now. There's only a 4% chance of snow, so we're hoping that we can uh, head to Thermopolis this coming Saturday. That's open to anyone in the congregation. It is a youth group trip, uh, so if you have young kids that are wanting to go, parents, you need to come along. Uh, the MPA uh, leadership conference is coming up in April, as well as we do have some Easter invitations that we were having ready today. They're ready to go, uh, and if you want to swing by the church sometime this week and grab some of those, that if you want to start handing those out to your neighbors, we'd love for you to come and use that as a tool to invite those who you who you would like to see here on Easter morning. And there's also a, something coming up real quickly. There's a men's meeting. Uh, it's kind of a kind of along the lines of Promise Keepers, but it's just real local here. Uh, so gentlemen, if you are interested in going to an event uh, that is, the theme is Take It Back, What the Devil Stole. That's going to be on Friday, March 26th at 6 p.m. It'll be held at the Lyric here in town. There is a uh, there is so many uh, tickets that they have available for this event, and so if you would like to get a ticket, uh, you can go to eventbrite.com or eventbbrite.com, and if you need more about information on that, you need help getting tickets for that, you can call the church office, and actually the money that purchases your ticket basically gets you a spot uh, at the event, but the money actually goes towards True Care. And so if you are interested in being a part of that, uh, please call the church office. We can give you more information. Uh, there will be a men's prayer breakfast this coming Saturday uh, at 7 a.m., and uh, my son Brooks, he's really excited for prayer breakfast. He, as soon as we go to one, he says, when's the next one? And I hope, gentlemen, that you might be as excited as my five-year-old is to go to prayer breakfast. It is a, a great time of fellowship, uh, great food, and spending time in prayer. And then, uh, again, we've been communicating the best we can to the congregation on weather change, you know, schedules, that sort of thing, through our new Notify system. Uh, we have about 100 numbers so far. Uh, our system allows for us to have up to 200 numbers as of right now. And so if you are not signed up for Notify, you didn't get any of the message messages on, you know, scheduling, Sunday morning changes, Wednesday night cancellation, all of that, uh, please get signed up at our website, pvcc.info slash notify, that's spelled N-O-T-E-F-Y-I, and we'd love for you to get signed up for that. And then there will be a game night uh, this coming Friday, the 19th, it'll be held over at the Christian school, and uh, we just come together, anybody's welcome. Uh, young kids, uh, adults, that'll be from 6 to 9 p.m. this coming Friday over at the school. Um, any other announcements before we move on to prayer requests this morning? One of the main things that part of having, the nice part about having live streams, still have a chance to communicate with everybody. Um, 
I have a whole list here. I, I guess I'll read through these as quickly as I can. Uh, these are those who are joined us online. If you're online, you could probably see that. Um, but Shannon Rezanida, uh, the Gwens, Mark Kawa, Maddie Acuna, Helen McAdam. If I mispronounce names, I apologize. But uh, Mona Taylor, Kirk Rush, Deborah Fleming, uh, Amy Dorman, Shannon, Sharon Knoll, Tracy Faxon, their family, Lisa Keith, Isaac Stewart, Joy List, Mitch Taylor, Monica and Mike Dillon. Uh, well, actually, Mike's here in the building, but uh, Monica and uh, Tim and Gina Elin, Carolyn Boyd, Bill and Elaine Hout, Denise Calder, Carol Fawcett, Abby Rogers, Peggy Darling-Gibson, William and Elsie Howe, Caleb Holscher and Nikki, uh, Lisa Wendland, Zach Fuhr, Krista Dickinson, Tristan and McKenna Bridges, Paul Marvel and family, Marquita and Steve Millette. Uh, Jenny Clay, Howard Andrews, and again, I know there's lots of other ones that didn't check in, but so thankful that we have the technology and the ability to still come together as the body of Christ. Uh, there are a couple birthdays today, Becky Steffenhagen and Lauren Miller, so if you know them, encourage you to uh, take the time and wish them a happy birthday. And I do have a few prayer request updates. Uh, one, right off the the top here is that we want to keep in prayer the name of house, which is where well, Ashley Berlin is at. Uh, she is mentioning that COVID is hitting uh, the the name of house really hard right now, and there's a lot of babies that are sick uh, because of it, uh, with temperatures and can't breathe very well. So please be in prayer for the name of house and the babies that are being affected by COVID right now. Continue to keep our country in your prayers. Uh, we're again praising God for Matt uh, decisions. Matt's decision last week to be baptized. Uh, we did send out several different prayer requests this past week. Uh, please be in prayer for Leonard and Barb Cedarberg. Their son, Eric, passed away this past week. Uh, we're lifting up McKenna Bridges as well as Tristan and their unborn baby. Uh, she is 33 weeks along. She's in the hospital there in Rapid right now. Uh, we did get good uh, news and update from them this morning that it does uh, look like the preterm labor has stopped at this point. They're going to take her off magnesium this afternoon, and they will continue to monitor her. So please continue to pre keep McKenna Bridges and uh, their baby, Tristan and her baby, in your prayers. Uh, be in prayer for Bob and Don Lopez as they lost their grandson this past week, uh, uh, or on March 3rd, excuse me, and we're praying for that family. Uh, Jim Bumgardner is a co-worker of Amber uh, over in Eastern Europe who's been dealing with COVID and has not been getting better. I haven't received an update from uh, about Jim since we sent out that prayer request, but continue to keep Jim in your prayers. Continue to keep Kathy Keith in your prayers. Um, keep uh, Jody, um, who is Dennis Calder's sister, in your prayers. She is back home and is doing better, but continue to pray for Jody. Uh, Gail Morovic, who we sent out this last week, uh, had surgery on his carotid. <laughs> yeah, I'm going blank on reading. Carotid, thank you. Uh, artery uh, this past week. It went well. He is back home, and, uh, and we're praising God for that. But continue to lift up Gail Morovic as he recovers. Uh, continue to keep Jeannie Boyd in your prayers as she is now at the Shepherd of the Valley Rehab and praying that she continues to get better. LaVon Coventry, keep her in your prayers. She did uh, receive some blood transfusions this past Friday, uh, and so be in prayer for her. And there's several others. Again, if you were li would like this updated list, uh, you can ask for that and give me an email, and I can email that out. It's about the easiest as far as getting that list out to you. So um, 
please keep all those things in your prayers. Again, if you are not receiving prayer requests and you'd like to through our Notify system, please get signed up for that. Uh, if you feel like you are signed up and still haven't been getting them, it might be because I entered your phone number incorrectly or something to that effect. And so we want to make sure that you are receiving uh, all the updates and announcements and things from the church body here. Any other prayer requests this morning? All right. Will you join me in prayer? And I was going to mention, if, if you are at home and you're kind of stuck at home and you might need help getting dug out this week once the st snow stops flying, please call the church office and we will send someone over there. We'll, we'll figure it out how to get you dug out if you are someone that is not able to dig yourself out. If you need help somewhere, somehow around the house because of the weather and that sort of thing, please let us know. We'd love to be able to try to figure out how we can help you the best we can. All right. Will you stand with me this morning as we close in prayer? So, Father, once again, we come before you acknowledging your holiness. We thank you for your faithfulness. Father, we thank you for the fact that as humans we have purpose and meaning here on this earth, knowing that uh, we have something so much better to look forward to. And part of our responsibility is to share that hope, to share that message that we help others get dressed as my older kids help my younger kids get dressed for the occasion many times. My wife makes every, sure everybody's ready to go. I pray that we help each other get dressed for the occasion. That we would reach out to our neighbors. That we would share the hope and the joy that comes from being a part of the body of Christ. So God, we look forward to that day. We know it's going to come unexpectedly. And so we want to be ready. So help us get there. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen.